Chapter Twelve of Grandpa's Darlings by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve Presents. These Christmas times and the giving and receiving of presents remind me of the troubles that Minnie used to have in that line. I must tell you about them. She always had a long list of things that she wanted to buy, and she was troubled in the same way that a good many people are nowadays her heart was larger than her purse i was nearly always her confidant in all christmas matters and as she commenced her preparations two months at least before they were needed it was no small matter to keep so many secrets one afternoon we devoted to doll hunting a certain dolly was to be bought for a certain little cousin a dolly who could open and shut her eyes and whose dress could be taken off and put on again at the sweet will of her owner now when i tell you that added to this she wanted to buy a big organ for her auntie duel a pair of fur gloves for papa a picture dictionary for grandpa a furnished workbox for grandma and a diamond necklace for mamma and that to make all these fine presents she had seventy-seven cents I hope you understand the embarrassment of my position. On the particular afternoon that we started in search of a doll, the sun was shining brightly on the snow, and the air was crisp and fresh with winter brightness. Minnie, with her new white furs, cape and muff, cuffs reaching to her elbows, rubber boots reaching to her knees, fur hat tied over her ears, looked like a cunning little bit of a Santa Claus and I am sure she felt quite as important as that person ever did. "'I've picked out my dolly, Auntie Belle,' she said as she trudged along by my side. "'I saw it the other day, when I went to the office with Papa. She is just lovely. She has a pink silk dress and blue eyes and her hair curls, and I should think maybe there was a trunk full of clothes for her in the store.' anyway we could make some for her couldn't we and a nightgown too to all this i agreed and then i bethought me to inquire the price i found out she said triumphantly don't you member auntie bell you told me i must always ask the price when i went to buy things and i did we didn't have to ask though papa read it on a card that she had in her hand i know just what it was i membered all the words it was two dollars and a half these words were pronounced very slowly and very gravely as if the small lady had a realizing sense of their importance two dollars and a half i said in dismay dear me isn't that more money than you have to spare she knew as much about the value of money as a mousie does and no more but i wanted to see what she would say yes she said with a little sigh papa said it was a good deal more than i had for all my presents but auntie bell i mean to try to strike her down to a shilling don't you think i can there was no use in trying to keep from laughing then though there was a sober little face looking at me very earnestly what do you mean little pussy i said where did you get that idea why that is the way don't you know papa said a man tried to strike him down to two dollars on his paper yesterday now little minnie 
i said when i had sobered my face auntie wants to tell you something that you must try to remember all your life it isn't polite to try to strike people down and real ladies and gentlemen never do it people are supposed not to charge more for things than they are worth and if you try to get them for less than they are worth you are not being honest don't you see yes ma'am the little woman said with a troubled face but auntie bell how can i get the dolly if i can't strike her down you can't as i see i said you will have to find a cheaper one there is no reason why you should try to get a thing for less than it is worth her first lesson in economy and in shopping she looked rather sober over it but i hope many will be kept from joining that large class of coarse women who go around the world in search of bargains i may as well say just here that we took a cheaper dolly whose eyes stayed open day and night and i had to make her two little white nightgowns to console her little owner but we paid the fair market price for her with no striking down about it the organ also had to be given up and the diamond necklace we made a fat pincushion instead in the place of the necklace and a mouse pen wiper instead of the organ the workbox we made in grandpa's shop it was a beauty a little white house with two stories and an attic it had chimneys and windows and doors everything complete it was made of pasteboard we covered it with white satin paper and lined it with green satin the windows had lace curtains the doors were covered with bronze paper to look as much like mahogany as possible then we made little chairs and sofas and tables all out of pasteboard the sofas and chairs we covered with green velvet for pincushions. The arms of the sofas had little flannel tidies on them, on purpose to stick needles into, and the table had a little velvet-lined hole in the middle, just large enough to drop a thimble in. Then in the corner we set a lovely doll cushion. It was made by taking a little china doll, about three inches long, and standing it in a little round box then we filled the box with cotton and covered the whole with pink silk gathering it at the waist around miss dolly and adding a waist and sleeves of white lace then we put on a bridal veil of white lace and our young lady was complete how we did enjoy making that house and the furniture i think i was as wild over it as minnie was only while i am on that subject i may as well advise you if you ever make such a box not to stuff the cushions with cotton i shall have to confess that i have heard my mother say as for sticking a pin in that thing i would rather stick them into the pasteboard itself and be done with it the picture dictionary we took up a subscription for and every one of the sons and daughters contributed we got a beauty minnie was to make a little speech when she presented it so we had a great time getting that speech written and learned i was to write it it had to do with grandpa's birthday as well as christmas and it must be something not too long for minnie to learn finally it was done and the great day came and minnie in a blue dress and white frilled apron stood up by grandpa's chair and said it very nicely i will copy it for you dear grandpa 
we feel very happy to-day to come here and visit you on your birthday and your big sons and daughters at home and away are all in the secret they want me to say that this big book beside me they ask you to take and keep it and love it and all for the sake of the children who love you so much and who pray that the dear lord will give you a happy birthday you can see for yourselves that this wasn't remarkable poetry by any means but by the smile on grandpa's face and the tears in his dear blue eyes we knew that he was just as pleased with it as though some real poet had written it after the thanks and the talking and laughing were over he took out his pencil and a bit of paper and in a few minutes he gave us this nice little note of thanks i thank the dear children at home and away who kindly remembered me on my birthday and i thank the dear grandchild who gladly consented to make a nice speech when the book she presented there are reasons why there will never be a dearer piece of poetry than this the most troublesome things were the fur gloves minnie's heart was set on them in vain i explained to her that fur glove would cost almost if not quite ten times the money that she had to spend she shook her wise little head and wanted to go and see just how much they cost besides auntie bell she said you don't know how much i've got it don't belong to my seventy-seven cent money i've been saving up for it almost a hundred years i guess it's ever since i can remember anyway we finally decided to ask grandpa's advice so we went to him bank in hand and he counted the money there were ever and ever so many pennies and some three-cent pieces that kept slipping out of sight under the pennies so as not to be counted the counting took a long time at its close he said well i think we shall have to see about this right away get the furs and boots all on and we'll call on mr judson and see what he has to say to us grandpa told us afterward all about it they went to the great room where many men and women were at work and where everybody was just as busy as could be the owner of all the busy machines was there and as he knew grandpa he waited on them himself minnie was a long time trying to decide what she wanted but at last she found just the pair the price was quite a good deal more than she had in her bank but grandpa poured it out on the desk and said there is your money count it so the gentleman went to work and the three cent pieces hid just as they had before and first one man then another came to ask him questions and he lost his place and had to begin over again until finally having succeeded in counting out two dollars just as one of the workmen came for orders he swept the little heap of pennies and wicked three-cent pieces that were left into the little bank there that will do he said i haven't time to count any more and i'm not sure that i should promise to do it if i should lose twenty dollars by declining the gloves are paid for my little woman keep the rest of the money as a start on next year what a delighted little mousie she was to find that the gloves were paid for and she had a whole heap of pennies left 
she came privately to me to know if i didn't think that she could almost get the organ for auntie duel now that she had so much money we counted it and there were just sixty-three cents end of chapter twelve